decide where you want to invest and how you want to have the life that you want to have. So setting goals and really living with intention is super important if you really want to be in a different position financially than where you are currently. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right, here we go. We're wrapping up 2022. Coming to you with probably the last episode that we will have. I believe it's going to be coming out. So what I want to do is go over a 2022 kind of year in review, discuss that a little bit, and then go through some simple tools and things that I use and we use as a company to align our goals, our long-term vision with the next 90 days that's coming up. So stay tuned and check it out. Listen to the end because the tools and tips that we are going to share with you certainly going to be helpful for your coming year. All right, let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to Agents Building Cashflow. I'm your host, Randall McCleared. Love to have you here today. Wanted to go through and go over 2022, do a quick year in review and see and just rehash kind of what happened. You all lived it. You know what happened, but I think it will be telling on investments moving forward and what you should be looking at for 2023. So I'm going to go through quick hit some of the things that have happened there in the real estate world. There was a mad dash to go and close deals and get deals transacted. A lot of money sloshing around. A lot of people had uh, cash sitting around that they were able to invest in either funds or syndications. And so raising capital at the beginning of 2022 was fairly easy. A lot of people were still underwriting deals with massive rent gross on multifamily and storage and a bunch of different asset classes just due to the way the market was acting. So a lot of deals happened. A lot of in the multifamily space, a lot of bridge debt was being put on properties. And what that means is it's kind of like a hard money loan in the single family world where it's interest only tied to SOFR, which is a rate. Again, don't want to get into the weeds on that, but it's an interest only floating sort of deal for three years. And so a lot of people who have underwritten deals in purchase deals in early 2022 with that type of debt on it are now going to be facing some struggles in the coming years, right? So typically those have a three-year time horizon where you need to refinance or sell out of them. And it was no issue for people to go and acquire those things 2018, 2019, because 2020, 2021, they ramped up the actual sale price of those properties. And so everyone looked good. You could go in, you could buy it with a little bit higher rate, borrow up to you know, 75, 80% loan to cost and be in that deal for a high leverage and then sell it. And you were making money. Everybody was making money. Everybody looked good gotten to a point now where you know the music has stopped and the make hay, make hay, like let's go and buy everything we can has slowed down. And so sellers are now seeing that the property prices they thought they could get based on the massive increase in rents, it slowed down. And so I saw it the other day, there's a comment, you know, pricing discovery is still happening is the PC way of putting that Sellers really don't want to take the beating, I guess, on the pricing yet. And so prices haven't declined or decreased to where it makes sense, not projecting out a massive increase in rents in the coming years. So the way I liken it to a lot of the deals that I have seen and looked at lately, it's almost like brokers and people have been presenting deals 
betting on the come or betting on like, if you do X, Y, and Z, you will get this money. And the way we've always, I've always transacted deals, it is looking at what it is today. Like, what is the business producing today? And what kind of returns am I getting if I took it over today? And that makes the most sense to me. However, for the last few years, that hasn't been the case. A lot of people have been going in and saying, you know, how would I say the other day? If you have like a sheet of paper, the sheet of paper is the property. And I could go and try to sell that sheet of paper for, I don't know, whatever I could get for it. But the way it's been presented is, look, this piece of paper could be worth $2 million. If you go and, and you got you know Salvador Dali to, to do a painting on it, it's going to be worth $2 million. It's going to be great or Monet or whatever. You know, It doesn't have it on there today, but that's what it could be. And so I'll sell it to you for a million dollars. It's just a sheet of paper. That's kind of like the sales pitch, how I feel about how the market has been going. And so reality is set in and people are realizing that, hey, it's just a piece of paper. Why would I pay hoping that I could possibly go get this dead artist to go and actually do something to it? You can't. And then get that money. Hopefully someday in the future, somebody would pay me $2 million for this painting. So anyway, that's kind of how the market has gone. I think we're getting back to reality, getting back into the realistic pricing but we're not there yet. So anyway, that was again, 2022, what some things I'm seeing and what we're we're looking at in 2023 and 2024 are those owners who are in those bridge debt deals. They are either going to have to recapitalize, which means they go back to their investors and try to raise more capital, or they're going to have to try to refinance either into a higher rate loan, which will continue to throw their cash flows into whack or they're going to have to take a loss and get out of those deals. So those deals will be coming and that's what we are waiting for and looking for. So some of the other major financially things that have happened obviously have been the war in Ukraine has initially threw the markets into whack. We had SBF torched, what is it, 12 billion worth of investments and investor dollars with the FTX and Alameda scandal. Now we are seeing finally the, I say finally, just because it's kind of been a slow build up to a recession, whether or not we're actually in one or not is still debated somehow, but we've got a hiring freeze initially with a lot of tech companies. And now it's been a firing spree, right? And so there've been a lot of layoffs in a lot of the tech companies. And so all of this stuff is all happening all at once in 2022. And so 2023 is shaping up to be a struggle of a year and 2024 as well. So I'm not all gloom and doom. I believe that there's always time and opportunity to invest and deploy capital. And I was recently going through some of the first investments that I made and I found the first house that I bought. And I recall it was in 2009 and this was after the financial crisis in 2008. And had I known better at the time, I may have been afraid to go out and buy properties or to do things. But luckily, I wasn't. That was when I was getting started. And I went out and bought a ton of $20,000, $30,000 houses. And that was what you know helped propel me in the investing world. So I feel as though the buying opportunities are now about to present themselves at true market prices where properties should be priced to actually return a conservative yield. It's a more realistic investment. So going forward, that's what we're expecting. That's what we're seeing. So that is 2022. And the prediction going forward again is that property prices, there's going to be pricing discovery that is uh, finally obtained and sellers 
due to the increased interest rates and the debt market for acquiring these large assets is forcing downward pressure on pricing for commercial real estate, specifically multifamily. Other asset classes like industrial may not see a decline in pricing. We're not really sure yet. I have to get an industrial guy on here that's an expert and they can speak to that. But on the multifamily market side, due to the debt markets, there will be hopefully some reduction in pricing to get it back to where it's in line with not having these massive rent gross that were driving prices for a long time. We're proud to be sponsored by Ridgeline Investment Group. Ridgeline has a track record of transacting more than 53 million in assets throughout Texas. Ridgeline's currently looking to acquire 100 to 200 unit class B multifamily communities between five and 20 million in San Antonio, Temple, Waco, Tyler, and other Texas secondary markets. To learn more about Ridgeline Investment Group, visit www.ridgelineig.com. All right. So anyway, that's what we see and that's what we're excited for. What I want to do now is talk about some goals and how you can prepare yourself for setting up the new year coming up, some things that you can actually do and tools that you can use so that you're on your way to setting yourself up to having more disposable income to actually invest. Let's jump into that right now. I'm going to follow on last week's episode with a little bit more information about tools, tactics, things you can do in order to set yourself up the right way. We're, we're at the end of 2022. And so I sat down today, we we're looking at some goals and some things that we're going to accomplish in the coming year. So I just want to talk about some of the tools that I use and we use in order to set ourselves up properly going forward. So at the end of the year, it's easy for everybody to sit and reflect and say, you know, this is exactly what I'm going to do or what I want to do. I want this or I want that. And then quickly you fall off as the year starts and you get busy. You're just in the active role of working whatever job it is that you have. And so what I've found that is extremely helpful for me personally is having kind of an operating system for myself. You know, we all run on different types of computer system, whatever it is. And if you don't have a business structure and that sort of thing, if you don't have one for yourself, then what I find is I get caught up in just busy activities like to-dos and minutia, and it may not actually be moving the ball forward in the direction that I want. Sure, I feel busy and I feel like I'm doing something but I may not be going in the right direction. And so one of the things that really helped me when really level up a bit was getting a simple operating system for myself and how to run my days, essentially. And so if you have one, great. This type of thing will not apply to you. But one of the tools that I use, it's the Intention Journal. It's by Brandon Turner. I've probably talked about it before, but once I found it and I started looking at it and and using it on a consistent basis, it really helps me focus my most important activities towards the larger goals that I have. And so that's one of the tools. And I highly recommend it if you are currently using, like I have notepads all over the place and my wife and family and everybody that has ever seen me do anything. I have you know, hundreds of these notepads that I've still saved. And I was going through them this past week, cleaning out some drawers and just seeing what I was working on You know, in 2009. I have them that far back. And so that's how I operate for the longest period of time. You know, it was just a yellow pad, you know, to do's is what I've got to do. Personal life is what we've got to do things. And so that's all well and good. But when it comes down to having a more intentional approach to getting to where you want to be, and again, this is on the heels of, you know, last week's show where I'm talking about, 
you know, going through your personal financial statement, setting up your your schedule real estate owned, and just really finding out where your cash flow situation is so that you can decide where you want to invest and how you want to have the life that you want to have. It's coming on the heels of that. So setting goals and really living with intention is super important if you really want to be in a different position financially than where you are currently. And so what we have done, we also use the EOS system, the Entrepreneur Operating System. There's a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. Solid book. If you're running a business, it's just, again, it's an operating system for running a business, how to run meetings, how to structure a a lot of different things within a business and documenting it. And so that's a great book if you are running a business, but if you're not, I guess, you know, we're all agents. So you're running a business in a sense, but if you're not, I guess, the lead of a business, then what you can take away from it is the 10-year vision, five-year, three-year, one-year, and then the 90-day plan, right? And so really all of the tools that I use now are taking these big goals or big visions of how life I want to be, how we want our family to look, where we want to be in 10 years, and distilling it all down to the next 90 days. And so the EOS does that as well. And they have a lot of tools in the book Traction that you can use. And then the 12-week year is also a book that is great and it breaks down 12 weeks is 90 days. And so it breaks down your action items over 90 days to achieve the goals that you want. So for example, one of the goals that we have is to add 500 units to the portfolio this year. So for 2023, that's a big goal. So how do I break that down and where does that take me to the next 90 days? With the intention journal, I can sit down and I can say, okay, you know, how do I break that goal down? What does it look like? I need to have so many offers sent. I need to have so many contracts. I need to have so many units walked, so many underwrites done. Like I can really break it down. And that's what the 12 week year is really good at. And that's what the intention journal is also really good for. So that every day I wake up and it's literally asking me, what's your most important thing you need to accomplish today? Everything else should be secondary to that. And whatever your your best work hours are for you personally, knock out your one most important thing. There's a saying, you know, they, what's the easiest way to eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time, right? So it's kind of like that. Or a frog, what's the best time to eat a frog? First thing, I don't know. So there's no good way to do it. Just do it. But anyway, I don't know if those sayings actually make any sense, but the timing that works best for you, knock out your most important thing. But again, you use these tools to really distill it down and you stay focused and you say, okay, over the next 90 days, if I were going to change my life, what are the three to maximum five goals? that you need to accomplish or five things that you need to accomplish. And then it really helps you break those things down. So those are some of the tools that I use. And then within each of those books, there's a lot of tips and tricks that you can use to help you really get the most out of the next 90 days. Okay. So one of the things that I encourage you to do is sit down, take an hour, two hours. You know, when you're going through the EOS system, the entrepreneur operating system, there's a two-day summit essentially that everybody in the company goes off and they work for two days to come up with the plans for the next year, right? So take an hour, two days, however long it takes you to really sit down and plan and focus on your goals and it will pay off tremendously. When you're focusing on that big vision, your 10 years, don't get too specific, right? You want like in the sense that you're not going to be able to map out a uh, a perfect trajectory to that 10-year time horizon, right? It's going to be very difficult to do, but you can easily say, I would love to live in Hawaii with a house on the water 
surf every day and, you know, have time with the wife and kids and, and then have a winter house, you know, in Colorado so we can go skiing and I want to work only X number of hours or not at all, you know, whatever that life looks like, that's the big vision that I encourage you to have and to look at break that down to five years and you're like, okay, what do I have to do? You know, high level, what should we, what moves should we be making? And I did this last year and I'm doing it again right now. And that's why we're having this talk, but within five years, how old am I going to be? You know, what do I need to be doing for my kids? Where do we need to live? Like, what are the things that we need to have for them? However you do your long-term planning, break it down to where you get down to a year. Okay. And then in the year, what do you want to accomplish? 500 units added to the portfolio. Okay. That for me accomplishes a number of these big long-term goals. And then I break it down into a 90-day period. Okay. So within the next 90 days, then you need to create very specific goals, smart goals. Okay. And a smart goal, probably heard this, you know, if you've done any research or planning on goal setting and doing that sort of thing, but they're specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Okay. And again, in the attention journal, there's a big like start of the book. You just read through it's a few pages and they talk about smart goals as well. And so you're trying to set goals in 90 days that will really, if you focus your time and energy, and if you only focus on two to five goals, maybe two to three max, it will change your life. Really, if you do one of these goals over the next 90 days, it should change your life. It could be losing weight. It could be you know, putting more offers in or contracting a certain type of property or something like that. Stretch, but make sure that they're smart goals and make sure that the goals align with your long-term vision. Again, if you completed the personal financial statement and your cash flow statement from the last time I was on the call, then you'll know where you are now. And then if you have put together your 10-year just vision of, you know, things that you want, then you will know that house in Hawaii is going to cost X amount. I need to be working towards that. So you're going to have a high level idea of how much money you either need to earn, you save, expenses cut, things that you need to work on. And so then you can distill it down to that 90 days and just say, okay, over the next 90 days, I'm going to whatever it is, as long as in line with the long-term vision that you have. And so again, hopefully you'll use some of these tools, if not these tools, any tools, right? That'll work for you to get you to where you're focused and living intentionally and not just taking your days as they come, really just waking up and being reactionary. So one of the things I want to touch on just before we end the show is one thing I love about the 12-week year is that it breaks down your goals into daily activities, right? And then I've got a spreadsheet that I've used. I can really type in and say, if my my goal for the 90 days is to get 125 or 150 unit complex or apartment community under contract, what are the tasks that I need to do in order to achieve that? And so I mentioned some of them, but it could be submitting starts with like underwriting, right? I got to find uh, 10 deals per week to underwrite. I've got to find, I got to tour maybe five of those and submit LOIs on two of them and contract one of them over the, the first two months or something in order to get a deal. All right. So if those are my metrics, then I can easily put those in. So again, talking about smart goals, they're measurable that all of those activities are measurable. And so I can put those in there and say, if my goal is to underwrite 10 or somebody on my team needs to underwrite 10 deals so that we can go two or five, and then we can, those are all measurable. And I'll put them into 
spreadsheet and the 12 week year really breaks this down on how you can create this thing. And I can literally go through and on a percentage basis, say how productive my week was for that specific goal. Okay. This works for everything. So if you are a list agent or you are a buyer's rep and you're not tracking all of these things, a lot of agents that I know track all of this stuff just because it's it's really important that you know your conversion rates, sales 101, you know, like if you, how many people do you need to talk to? How many houses do you need to show in order to sell one to get a contract? All those things. But if your goal is to sell, you know, 10 houses in a quarter, then what does that break down to on a weekly basis? How many people do you need to talk to? And, and put it in there. If it's 10 and you only talk to two, you're going to get a 20% on that week. It's a simple strategy. I think I'm going to post a link to this spreadsheet that you can download and then you can use it and just copy it every single week. So you can track your metrics. So it's just a KPI tracker, essentially a key performance indicator tracker. And if you're not doing that sort of tracking, then you really need to be. It's part of the 12 week year and that they break it down. So certainly suggest using that at a minimum so that you're getting closer to your goals or seeing and tracking where you are on that 90-day period. So yeah, check it out in the link below. Again, this is more of like a tools and tactics sort of episode where it's just things that you can use that will hopefully increase your productivity and get you to where you have more investable dollars ultimately, right? Like if you're making more money because you're more productive, then you have more money that you can invest and you're on your way to achieving the work optional (laughs) lifestyle that we're discussing on the show. So it's great having you on today. Got pretty serious, I guess, about some of the tools and tactics because that's some of the stuff I might geek out about. But if you have any questions, certainly you know, message me and I'm happy to chat with you about this. If you have any tools that you use specifically, I would love to hear about it as well so that you know, if I can optimize my life a little bit better, I would certainly welcome that. So good catching up with you and we will catch you on the next episode. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.